Hi, this is Margaret Copeland Frankowitz, and you're listening to the Diabetes Survival Podcast. And in today's episode, I was going to talk about snacks because there are good snacks and there are bad snacks. And so, of course, I wanted to go over that. Now, in today's episode, I was actually um, listening to a podcast on YouTube, as I often do because I like to research topics before I go on to my podcast so that I can share what I agree with. And sometimes I see things that I don't agree with. So I thought I'd share those things. So there is this lady, and I I assume that she's from India, and um, I'm I'm assuming she means well. It was a a well-made YouTube video, but it can be very misleading. And um, I'm I'm more about the realistic diabetic and, you know, what I consume. So, of course, I'm concerned about what others consume as well. Sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions. The beginning of your diet, you know, you think things are okay because your dietitian says they're okay. And then you find out that that particular food you may eat a lot of. And so it's not necessarily good food anymore. Uh, My definite food, which I cannot consume, is cottage cheese. And you can only do this by testing and retesting your blood sugar to see exactly what's going on. But if I eat cottage cheese, it has to be a very small portion, like one size. Not like the whole tub, which is what I like to eat cottage cheese because it's kind of like my go-to. It always has been my go-to. It's my comfort food for the longest time. So I can't eat cottage cheese because I'll eat the whole thing. Okay, so some people are laughing at me. Thank you. I, you know, I, I let you know my weakness. I'm sure you have your weakness too, like ice cream. I don't eat ice cream, so maybe I would be laughing at you. So I do see the world from a slanted view a little bit differently than some people actually see it. But thank goodness I do because that's what actually keeps me healthy and uh, keeps me from actually suffering from, you know, problems down the road. So the problem for me, at least, with cottage cheese, it might be okay for you. I mean, maybe your blood sugar's fine. You eat one scoop of cottage cheese and you're done, then you're, you're going on to your next meal. But what I found with cottage cheese is I like I, I totally make that a meal. That's what I've done in the past. It's like, give me my cottage cheese, give me my potato chips, and I'm good. Yeah, I said it, potato chips. That's what I used to eat when I was a, before I became a pre-diabetic like 10 years ago. I loved cottage cheese. Cottage cheese was my go-to. It's, what, it's the same way some people go to ice cream. Absolutely. I just love my milk products. And cottage cheese was definitely top of the list. But let me tell you why it's bad. Because I used to eat it all the time. And I had um, issues with high blood pressure as well. So I had that before I actually had the issues with diabetes. And one thing I didn't know is one is cottage cheese is high in, in salt. Salt. Uh, But another thing is, like, if you eat the whole tub, um, you've got, like, five times more salt in you than what a regular serving would be, which is the reason why it's my bad food. But there's also a lot of carbs. Like, if you're just eating one serving of cottage cheese, you're fine. If you're great at portion control, you're going to be just fine. If you're not great at portion control, like, I'm not great at it. I keep trying, but I'm not great at it. 
then then that's where you end up with some problems. So what happens with the cottage cheese is when you eat a tub, and I'm not talking like the, the double tub, I'm talking about the regular size tub, you know, 16 ounces, I think. Not the 32 ounce, 16. When you eat the whole tub of cottage cheese, what happens is, is all those carbs that, you know, would have been okay if you had one serving are now quadrupled and now you have uh, way too many carbs in your system, which is like if you have um, high blood pressure, it's going to make your heart race and it's just a horrible situation. So um, there's there's ways that you can cut down to one serving. Like if you're if you have that kind of willpower, more power to you. That's that's wonderful. But the other option is omission, uh, abstinence, staying away from it. And I have found that to be my best solution uh, with cottage cheese. And yes, I am envious of all of you who could eat one serving of cottage cheese and be perfectly okay with that. I've seen that done many times in the nursing homes. You're right up there with one serving a day. And yes, that helps you live longer when you can actually control your portions. I'm not suggesting you go into a nursing home or anything. I just might be a little bit envious that you can even eat cottage cheese and I cannot. So sometimes when I go to the buffet, which is kind of rare because, again, you got to worry about blood sugar issues, I'll have one scoop. But that's just because I have a whole bunch of everything else on my plate, too. That's the only time I do portion control. And it's not really portion control because of all the other foods that I put on my plate. Okay, let's talk about some really great foods to eat as a snack. Boiled eggs are amazing. Like, that is like my go-to food, eggs. And they're relatively inexpensive unless you go to like a convenience store. Like, they'll sell like the two packs or the six packs. If you go to the Walmart convenience store. And it's a much better option than actually eating a candy bar, obviously. And you're watching your carbs and your blood sugar is going to be happy. So... This is all about making your blood sugar happy. Because if your blood sugar is happy, you're going to be happy in the long run. So, that's one thing. Another excellent snack that was mentioned was avocados. Avocados are a great fat. Uh, It's a great... I think they call that a fruit because it's a seed. I'm not quite sure if it's a seed or a vegetable. But avocados are good for you. They're also great on a lot of different things. They make great toppers for, for instance, scrambled eggs even. I know, kind of weird, but some people use hot sauce. So, you know, hey, to each their own. Crackers are a not-so-great snack because, again, uh, we're talking about portion control. There are certain triggers that I have, for instance, where I eat more than the actual serving, what it says on the back of the box. So these are my trigger foods that I don't eat. Crackers are one of them. I'm I'm talking saltines. I'm talking wheat thins. I'm talking all kinds of crackers off the list. Bad, bad. Fish is a great food to actually eat as a snack. And they have these things called kipper snacks in the store. They're only like a buck something. And um, they're perfectly sized. You know, you get your little three ounces of fish. And it's, it's a great meal supplement too because... I've eaten one, for instance, for lunch, and it's filled me up, and I haven't wanted to eat for, you know, three to four hours after the fact. And for that matter of fact, I find amazing. So, uh, foods that do not trigger a reaction to overeat, such as fish, 
are great food options and snack options. So you can either put, make that a meal or you can make that a snack. She did have another one on there too that I'm just not familiar with. But she swears that roasted chickpeas are absolutely delicious, nutritious, filling, and good for you. I don't know anything about that. I've never had a roasted chickpea. I didn't know that you could roast chickpeas, but she said that they were good. So um, I'm going to go ahead and buy into that. That Yeah, I guess they're okay. I, I really love the, you know, the dips that they actually have. Okay, another food I didn't agree with that she had mentioned was popcorn. Again, it triggers the overeat sensation with me. So I don't know if it triggers it with you, but uh, popcorn, I mean, if you do like one cup popcorn, you'll probably be okay. But if you're like me and have to have four to six cups, maybe even eight cups or 20 cups, <laughs> rarely be 20 cups, so I'm just joking about that. But if you like to overeat popcorn, which I do, bad trigger food because I will eat popcorn non-stop. Not exactly sure why, but it happens. Lots of carbs. Some of these nutritional bars are actually pretty good at controlling the amount of carbs that you actually have. I had found a specific uh, nutrition bar that had 12 grams of carbs in the whole bar. And it was delicious. It had uh, dark chocolate on it and caramel and nuts and the nougat and I thought I was doing great because the sugar content was low, fiber content was high. It's like wow the fiber content actually eliminates the whole carbs because you know you can eat carbs as long as you have fiber there to actually counteract it. So um, if you eat high, high fiber foods you can actually reduce some of the carbs that you're actually eating. And um, so some of those are good. However, as I was munching on this, and of course I, you know, I had looked at the packaging and I was pretty satisfied that it was probably a good, good thing to eat. Um, however, then it actually, I noticed that on the packaging on the um, ingredients, they had said, you know, like six or six to eight grams of sugar or something like that. But what I didn't see is the fact that it also had 16 grams of sugar alcohol. And I didn't realize that until I was almost done with the bar. And I'm looking at this. I don't know why I missed it. But I'm like, this is unusually sweet. Because, you know, usually a diabetic can tell when something's a little bit too sweet. So something a little bit, little bit off, especially when you're eating something that says it has 8 grams of sugar in it. Which isn't much. But then when you read the packaging and it has 16 grams of alcohol sugar... Uh, just note that you might be using the restroom a lot because a lot of us cannot take those that type of alcohol sugar. So um, a lot of the uh, diet bars I've noticed are almost as bad as regular candy bars. So uh, they just cost more money. <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those rolling jokes. So Anyways, those are a few of the different foods that I've experienced and that people like to snack on. But now let me get to my favorite snacks. And my favorite snacks are nuts. So almonds, walnuts, um, peanuts. And I know there's some controversy about peanuts. I still love peanuts. You know, I, I just try not to overeat those. But any type of nut, pistachio nuts are great. Uh, pistachio nuts, you do have to watch the carbs on, you don't want to eat too many. I 
was actually munching on some pistachio nuts this morning when I realized that the carbs were a lot higher than I thought that they were. So I'm looking at this package now, as a matter of fact. And of course, I got the, the package of, of pistachios where you have to split open the shell. And um, this thing has eight servings and um, to, to a bag of, let's see, how big is the bag? Okay, it's 16 ounces, so it's one pound. Eight servings in there, so it's about half a cup is one size. Um, or two ounces without shells. So that's not very much. Um, and you can easily eat half the bag. <laughs> so you're, you can easily eat four servings. Well, I had to slow down a bit because I noticed the carbohydrates was eight grams. So eight, 16, 32. So if I ate half the bag, it's still pretty good. We're talking about 32 grams of carbs, which is higher than what I'd actually prefer to actually uh, snack on. And certainly if you're doing keto, if you're strict keto, you definitely don't want to eat too many pistachios. But you can still eat them. That's the good part about them. Is if, you're, if you know you have that hunger pain, you know you can have a handful of nuts and be fine with it. And I've snacked on peanuts. I guess there are some people that are really allergic to peanuts. So don't eat those, obviously, if you're allergic to them. But those are the few, a few of the snacks that um, this lady went over what you could eat. And of course, I disagreed with most of the snacks that she actually had on there because those are definitely things that actually rose my, made my blood sugar rise or I wanted to overeat. So I admire the people that can actually stick to one portion that says it on the back of the of the uh, food package that you're eating. You can stick to one serving and that's it and you're satisfied and you move on with your day. Unfortunately, there's other people who have certain triggers. Like I have triggers that prevent me from stopping from at one serving, counting out 20 pistachios, for instance, and eating 20. I'm more like half a bag type pistachio nut. And the only reason why I didn't completely eat the whole bag is because I finally read the small print on the back of the, the labeling that I missed the, the first few times that I actually, you know, read it and saw that pistachios were bad. Now, okay, let's say you eat something and uh, you feel bad about what you just ate because you just realized that you overate on your carbs. Okay, I've been there so many times so many times. I mean, some of you guys are stellar out there. I mean, I'm not talking to you stellar people who can eat one portion and you're good and then you move on with your day and you have absolutely no problems and you don't overeat anything because you've got, I mean, you've got it on point. Like, I'm proud of you. I'm also envious of you because I've been trying to get there since, I don't know, since I was nine, you know, with the whole portion control thing. I just went, for the longest time, I just went poo-pooed it off because... It wasn't satisfying to me to eat like one portion of something and then move on to the next, whatever. So, um, mine's definitely a portion control thing. Yours may be something else. Like, for instance, you may be able to eat ice cream. You have an addiction to ice cream or something. I don't have an addiction to ice cream. I could have an addiction to ice cream, but I was never allowed to. So, you know, it makes it a little bit easier. One thing is that you know you're already a diabetic and this is what I have to say to you don't be hard on yourself go easy on yourself you're diabetic for goodness sakes you know it's not your fault 
that you're type 2 diabetic, that your cells don't work as well as somebody else's. I mean, don't judge yourself based off somebody else's stellar performance. So we all mess up on occasion. I mess up every day, you know, and I hate to admit that, but I do. But it's because I'm a real person. I'm a real person. I definitely ate differently before I found out that I had um, prediabetes. As soon as I found out I had prediabetes, that's when I started looking at paying attention to my diet a little bit more. But also, there's so many, like, there's so many ways that you can, like, if you go through life ignorant, like, for instance, if, you gotta feel sorry for the people who haven't even realized that they're diabetic yet, and they're going through life thinking that they're doing well because they're looking at all the, the no, fat, no to low fat options, and they think that's the way to go. And let's say they go to their, their local deli and they pick out some meat and some sides that they think that are good for them or sort of good for them, like coleslaw and stuff, and they don't really know what the ingredients are. That's, that's the kind that, that's really sad because you walk into the, the Walmart deli, you get a half pound of, let's say, coleslaw, and then you walk out of the store with it, and you think that, you know what, you're a healthy option, you're eating cabbage, that's great, you know, cabbage is good for you. Cabbage also controls cancer, so, you know, you did your little bit of research, that's great. I used to do that all the time, like, all the time. When me and my ex-husband used to go to the store, we, I mean, he, he didn't have any of these problems. He, he was skinny as a rail. And uh, we were walking to the grocery store, and his big thing was fried chicken, so was mine, I loved it. So we'd go to our local deli, pick up some fried chicken and some coleslaw, maybe some potato salad. And then we'd have a nice little picnic. And, you know, I back, even back then, I always felt a little bit sick on it. And I didn't know why. Anyways, uh, I don't know what concoction that they put on the chicken. You know, if they add sugar or anything to it or anything like that. But I do know it's a breaded product which has carbs. And because I cannot determine what those carbs are, I technically can't eat it. Occasionally, I, I, I may I regress a little bit. Sometimes I do go in there and I have some chicken and um, I know if my carbs are going to be high then I try to balance that out to where it's not going to uh, cause me any detrimental harm so to speak but okay so back to the deli I did not know what exactly they were putting in the coleslaw, coleslaw excuse me now coleslaw is fairly easy to make all right so with your coleslaw, you can actually control what you put into it when you make it at home. But let's say you're not at home. Let's say you're out vacationing or you're on a business trip or let's say you just don't have any time whatsoever to cook because I've, I've been there too where I had to get everything from the deli or um, another restaurant or something of that nature because I was just a busy bee. Well, okay, so I've had time and I went to my deli, local deli. And I'm like, your coleslaw is so good. Your coleslaw doesn't taste like mine, though. It tastes better than mine. What is secret ingredient? And so, you know, they tell me a little bit about what it, what, it, what was in it and stuff. But I was tasting it. And, you know, us diabetics, after we've been away from sugar for a while, we can taste things that have sugar in it. Come on. You know this, too. If you haven't had sugar in a while, you can taste products that have sugar in it. And you know something's up. 
So I was eating, I, I just went into the store one day, I'm just like, I had a craving for coleslaw, and just coleslaw. And um, this is a sneaky little culprit because, and you may not even know this, so I'm going to share this with you. So I, I picked up my coleslaw and everything, and I asked the lady, I'm like, could you find out some information for me? And she's like, yeah, sure, we need to know. I said, I need to know what's in, in the coleslaw. I said, I don't need to know your secret ingredients or anything. I just need to know if there's sugar in it. She gulped. She's like, well, I'm going to have to check on that for you. I'm like, okay. So she went back five, ten minutes, and she knew I was very serious about this. And so she called some people, too, because I was very serious about what, if there was sugar in that coleslaw or not. And she came back, and she told me that there were like 11 or 12 grams of sugar in that coleslaw. So, I mean, not too detrimental, but some a product that I thought had no sugar in it whatsoever, it became detrimental. So I'm thinking I'm getting good, wholesome coleslaw, there's no sugar in it, and indeed there is sugar in it. So, of course, when you make your coleslaw at home, you know, you can put however much mayonnaise you want to in it. I mean, it's actually fairly simple. I mean, coleslaw is just literally, I think it's only two ingredients. Like the coleslaw, you know, you have that, you can get it in the bag for like 99 cents. And some mayonnaise, you mix it together and voila, you got coleslaw. I think, or maybe I actually did use a mix. I think I just used mayonnaise and it's really good with mayonnaise. So, I mean, you know, that's just the way I make it. So, I mean, besides what's in the the mayonnaise, uh, when it comes to sugar content, I don't know. But I, I just am very leery about people who add sugar to their ingredients because, you know, they want them to, their product to taste good so people come back and people buy it. And sugar is extremely addictive anyways. It's kind of like cocaine, but we just don't talk about it because... Oh my gosh, children everywhere love it and we don't want to take stuff away from them. But I look at sugar like it's a poison. And some people may laugh at me about that, but I don't care. Sugar is my poison. I'm a diabetic. You're a diabetic. Why would you be listening to this podcast if you were not a diabetic? Unless you're helping another diabetic. I can understand that. But pay attention to your sugar content. When you go grocery shopping... Uh, the way that I was told to grocery shop was ignore all the middle aisles because all of those middle aisles, they have carbs. It's all carb, 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 carb. Unless, of course, you're looking for certain canned items, right? And so I have that double whammy where I have to watch my salt content. I also have to watch my sugar content. And lately I've been very bad about uh, watching the salt content. It's really bad. But, um... You know, there's a lot of products that have these sneaky sugars and these sneaky salts in them. And there's no need for it. But they're doing it because the majority of the population can allegedly eat this stuff. Now, mind you, they will have diabetes in the future. But that's in the future. So, and all these families, they got to feed their kids. So, those are that are conscious of it, they're going to eliminate the sugars. Those that, are, that just don't care because you know, kids will be kids. They're not going to care if there's all kinds of sugars in the products. But that goes back to the whole kids and uh, obesity as well. Um, I'm kind of concerned. No, I'm a lot concerned. Let me just throw it out there. I'm a lot concerned. Because I went through this myself as a kid when this was not fairly common. But a lot of kids nowadays, uh, they're sedentary. And... They're indoors playing video games. 
and they're eating all kinds of sugar because that's what kids do. I mean, you know, that kids like their sugar. <laughs> so, um, there has been an obesity, obesity crisis for a while here in the U.S., and a lot of that has to do with the sedentary lifestyles and having access to products that have a lot of sugar in them. And just having parents that are kind of, you know, I mean, it hasn't affected them, so they aren't aware of it. I'm pretty sure most of these parents, if they knew how bad sugar actually was, they'd probably take it out of their kids' hands. But sometimes they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because they let their kids eat all the sugar for so long, and then they're just going to take it away from them. That's really cruel. <laughs> you just got to eliminate that from the get-go the best that you can. So... Okay, so let's get back to healthy snacks. Another healthy snack I thought of was cheese. And cheese is amazing because it's very filling. Of course, you have your calcium and everything. You do have your salt content, so if you're watching salt, that might not be so great. But there are cheeses out there that you can eat. But I love my cheese. This is amazing to me. And actually, on keto, you can eat cheese. So, um... And I talk about keto a lot, so you'll have to forgive me on that one, but it's an amazing diet. But uh, what I try to add into my diet is I've integrated a lot of cheese and olive oil, you know, clean oils, into my diet. Uh, butter, um, whole foods like steak, without the preservatives. So I get it straight from, you know, the, uh, you know, where they sell the meat and stuff. I don't necessarily care too much for processed foods, and I've recently have been totally turned off by hamburgers. I just, <laughs> I, I guess it's because I've been eating real steak, and hamburgers and steak—they just smell differently. Except I bought these, a couple of these really thin breakfast steaks at a place like the Dollar Store or something like that. I'm like. Wow, they're actually selling steak at the dollar store. This is great. The amount of meat on these little steaks was very negligible. I think they're only like, you know, maybe two ounce steaks. So, I mean, not a lot of food there. But the smell they admitted. Now, mind you, they're, they're good. They didn't make me sick or anything. I mean, I'm still alive, so I didn't die. Um, I didn't have any problems with, you know, number two being runny or anything. But, okay, so... With these steaks, I noticed that they had a very hamburgery smell, and um, then I realized what it is. Because hamburgers, of course, are made out of old steak, so of course it's one of the reasons why I'm not overly fond of hamburger, at least for now, at least for the past week. Because up until a couple of days ago, I was perfectly fine with hamburger. Now I'm just repulsed by it. So because I, I realized that hamburger has an old smell to it, it's old steak. There's nothing wrong with this, of course. It's just that my taste buds and my smell, my sense of smell have changed and are actually repelled by certain smells. So right now, that's what it is. So on your walk of diabetes, you're going to find that... Um, certain foods might be your triggers 
There may be foods that you just absolutely cannot eat, you avoid. And um, this this episode wasn't necessarily to promote snacking by any means, because I don't necessarily believe in snacking. Uh, nowadays, it's kind of rare that I snack. I would much rather eat a meal than snack. So I prefer one meal a day, but if I'm going to eat again, I'll just eat another meal. There are times that I don't have time for that meal, and so that's when I think that snacking is appropriate. And uh, that's when I actually go to my nuts. Notice I haven't said fruits too much. And there's, okay, there's another thing I gotta talk about, fruits. Fruits, unfortunately, yes, for the general population, they're great for you. Um, Something you need to be aware of with a lot of fruits is that uh, these fruits have been actually made, uh, genetically modified for mass consumption. So bananas today are not the same as they were 200 years ago. And uh, a lot of products are in that category where they have been re-engineered by farmers to actually take on a different shape, a different weight, less seeds, etc. So um, again, you know, you gotta you gotta use your discretion though. So um, on what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat. Because there's a lot of vegetables that way too. And of course, you know, I don't have anything wrong with vegetables. I mean. I mean, heck, you know, I didn't even talk about the snacking on vegetables. I mean, you could eat fried zucchini if you wanted to, you know, fried up in some butter. I'm not talking about battering it or anything. You don't want to add carbs to it. But fried zucchini by itself or with, well, not by itself. Cook it, definitely. Uh, With a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of salt or uh, in butter is absolutely delicious. I love drenching it in butter, so I'll use a couple tablespoons in there. And mind you, I'm not consuming the two tablespoons because the other teaspoon is like in the pan. I'm just frightening one teaspoon. So, um, but absolutely delicious snack if you have time to actually cook your vegetable. That's great. But um, fruits are not good. And fruits do have vitamin C in them. They have all kinds of nutrition, nutrition type I can't even talk. They have all kinds of nutrients to them that are good for the human body. However, they also have a lot of hidden sugars as well. So it's a natural sugar, but it's still sugar. Honey is another another go-to. I love honey. I love natural honey. I love, I just love honey. Honey is just like the best ever, but I don't eat it anymore because it's a sugar. So I'm really committed to this trying to not eat sugar, and it's very difficult. So, um, anyways, those are just a few things that I would share. I would love to hear your struggles. Please go ahead and join me on Diabetes Aware or Diabetes Exercise on Facebook, or just drop me an email. If you want a private conversation, I'm all for that. I, I love letters. So you can reach me at margaretrico2015 at gmail.com and I'd be more than happy to uh, send a letter back to you. All right, so uh, this is again Margaret Copeland Frankowitz and I just thought I'd give you some tips on uh, snacking and perhaps you have a really great snack that you want to share. Please do. Uh, please again visit me at my Diabetes Aware or Diabetes and Exercise sites. 
I do look at that daily because I look forward to messages from people who have listened to the podcast. And if you mention that you listen to the podcast, that'll definitely brighten my day because I love my podcast. This is my baby. I've had this now for about three and a half months, I think. And I absolutely love it. I'm going to continue it. Even if nobody's listening to me, I'm still going to continue it. But I, I hope that you do continue to listen because it's been a great experience for me. I learn more about diabetes every day that I actually do it, which is the reason why I do this. I love talking. And of course, I like talking to my friends and you guys are my friends. So thank you again for listening. I'm going to go ahead and sign out. Be kind to each other. And I hope you have a great day.